Welcome back to The Drop, the Stab weekly podcast where we dissect the surf news. I am your shaman, Big Dick Power Surfer, and today I am speaking with the handsome and insightful Stace Galbraith to go through this week's surf news. Uh, I'm not lying, he is handsome and you know he's insightful, you've heard him all over the cusp. Uh, The handsome bits, he told me before we recorded that somebody in a Lisbon nightclub once mistook him for Jordy Smith. True story. Stace and I will be talking about some recent sponsorship changes, the Vans Triple Ground of Surfing, the new Perfect Swell Pool in Brazil, the Samazon World Junior Championship, and the Stab Surfer of the Year. It's a very fun chat. We agreed on some topics, we disagreed on some things. At one point I said that surf companies have $3 and Stace wisely pushed back. And yeah, it's a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. One quick note before we get in. I had a good time with our guest last week too, Paul Evans, but he was a very naughty boy. He misspoke, uh, specifically when he said that every EPS board, especially with the carbon, is made overseas. Channel Island sold us shortly after, reminded us that there's Spine Tech one, which is that classic combo of like EPS and, and carbon that you see all over surf shops. They make those proudly in the US, so good for them. Thanks, CI. Thanks for calling us out. Now, you may also be wondering where Mikey Ciaramel is. Last week, I told you that he is on the stab in the dark shoot, and I also told you that this year's surfer has won a world title. I'm gonna give you one more morsel. This surfer is also gonna be a first for stab in the dark. Now, think about that. Think about who we've had. Julian Wilson, Dane Reynolds, Jordy Smith, who looks like Stace Galbraith if you're on ecstasy in Lisbon, Mick Fanning, Taj Burrow, and Jack Robinson. Okay, this year's surfer is different from these people in a noticeable way. Stew on that, let's talk to Stace. Stace, how are you? I'm great, I'm great. Um, kind of liking this. We've lost Mikey to the uh, Brazilian jungle, and um, yeah, here we are. And here we are. Did you hear that? There was wind in California? Um, yeah, I, I did, but I guess it was just so just bombarded in my face that it's sort of sim- very similar to here. Like, when it's raining, everyone makes a comment about it. It becomes very nauseating. Um, yeah, so there's some rain. Yeah. I mean, I, I always kind of felt the same thing. Like, I obviously, I don't live there. You don't live there. And it's kind of interesting to see how people... I never can really tell. Like, it's almost like when you see mainstream news and you're like... Like, I remember when there was like protests happening in the u.s it was like had this impression that the whole country was in shambles like everything's going nuts you know and then i like talk to my friends and be like how are you and they'd be like yeah good i'm like just walking my dog like uh, gonna go get a bagel and then i'd be like oh shit yeah that's just real life and so i even with storms i have a hard time like figuring out what the reality is or if it just like flooded in one place and like it was windy for a day yeah, no doubt, you know, natural weather events are tr- very traumatic if you have to deal with them. But I agree, I have family in Europe, and whenever I see a fire over there, I'm like, oh my God, like, it must be them. But it, it never is. Yeah, yeah, even when the Ukraine thing started, people were texting me like, hey, are you are you good? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good ways over that way. Uh, very sad, but good way over there. Um, and I love all the, the terms that are coming out these days for like, weather stuff like bomb cyclone is one i love bomb cyclones i think this is an atmospheric river they're calling what the fuck um mate that is yeah i um that one that one actually yeah that makes me quite angry weather bomb 
Way to, like, weaponize the weather. Oh, geez. Now we're going to go down a rabbit hole. Fuck. Oh, oh shit. All right, let's get in the news. Let's get out of here. <laughs> First up, who just got a new sticker? Quite a few people did, Stace. It's a new year. It's 2023, and some people's surfboards look a little bit different. Can you believe that? Yeah, I, I can. It's, um... I think it would be a great year to be negotiating a deal, just quietly, um, and a few people have done that. Really? A great year to be negotiating a deal for a brand? I think for an athlete. Uh, I think any year John Florence and Gabriel Medina don't do a hell of a lot of surfing, the ceiling, I think, is naturally a little lower. So, um, yeah, go get them, kids. Sign those big deals. Mm, okay. So... What this piece covers, we got Jack Robinson. He is now on Red Bull. We got Connor Coffin, who's off Rip Curl on Salty Crew Apparel and Body Glove Wetsuits. Not confirmed yet, but we are pretty certain that Griffin Cole Pinto is going to end up on Red Bull. Albie Layer is off to Kine. He was head-to-toe with them. We don't know where he's going yet, but he is off at the end of the month. We got Oakley investing in some young female talent. Namely, Betty Lucicura Johnson and Katie Simmers. They already had Sierra Kerr and Aaron Brooks, so it's pretty clear what they're trying to do. And then CI, Channel Islands, Emai DeVault jumped over, as did some international surfers, Josh Burke from Barbados and Shun Murakami from Japan. And then kind of a sneaky big one, Mikey Febri signed, and he's also going to be riding their accessories now, which means, unfortunately, he can no longer ride for Octopus, but still... Mikey Feb, CI, seems to be a good fit. What's the most surprising out of these to you? Um, none really. They all seem to fit fairly well. I mean, I'm upset for Albie that he doesn't have a, an income anymore. Um, you know, I think he's definitely worthy of it. Um, I don't think he's going to fit, you know, any brand. And he makes a good point of that. But I do think he's valuable in what he does. So, you know, I, I wish him all the best. So that's kind of surprising to see that. But I guess, you know. He does still have Rockstar. He called them uh, his his ride or die. Mm, and Rockstar and, like, you know, how serves get paid, you, you got to kind of see that with the Energy Drink Sponsor episode. Like, they look after their team. And I know Rockstar didn't get a huge profile in there. But, um, you know, I grew up with guys that were sponsored by Rockstar and... Yeah, they didn't have to do a hell of a lot for a pretty good pay packet. So, yeah, that, I think it's definitely enough to keep you going. But, you know, I don't know if it's enough to, like, be going out for steak dinners. Yeah. And they did. I think Rockstar is the main one supporting, like, him and Miola were both on them. And they had that, like, kind of episodic series for a while that led to a lot of their best surfing, I think. Like, it was, like, a few years where I think they're just saying, hey, here's a budget. Go, whatever. Hang out on Maui and just try airs all season. And as a result... We got to see double spins and those crazy spindle flips, like all the things that those guys were doing were pretty much directly tied to Rockstar. So he's got his ride or die. He's got his ride or die. Connor Coffin, that was that was interesting. It's pretty crazy to see what Salty Crew has done. Yeah, I think they're a great brand, and they, from what I can tell, they sell a lot of gear. Um, I see it everywhere. Over back on your old home turf on the East Coast of America, like that's a whole other ecosystem in itself like for sales and marketing and stuff like that and i'm sure they're trying to be more on the west coast as well and kind of loves fishing and getting into his garden and doing good surfing and that's pretty much what they seem to be about so yeah i think it's a pretty good fit yeah yeah it was actually funny like 
I was helping piece together some of this story and I looked at his Instagram and there's just, I don't know if it was timing, but there's just something of him on a boat in the morning. And I was just like, okay, I get like the salty crew. I don't think he's announced it yet. Maybe by the time this podcast goes live, he will have. We're recording a day or two early, but um, just a little subtle, like, yeah, I do boating, like salty crew, you know, <laughs> what's the, what's the Australian take on that brand? I mean, it, it's definitely see a ton of it in the U.S. See a good bit of it in Europe too, to be honest. Like mm. I think they have a a store in Hasagor, and they have they sponsor some kids from here in Portugal, and it's around. It's around. What's uh what's the take in Oz? For sure, um, the take's not great. If if I'm honest, like just from the kids' perspective, they're probably not the first brand that I think people would look to. You know, put their hand up to. It's probably more you know, Volcom and Ruka, and obviously Billabong and Quicksilver, and then you know. Rip Curl sponsor a lot of kids and yeah, so they're probably not in, they're definitely not in that realm, but I, for me, when I'm talking with kids around town, like I'm always encouraging them to talk with the brands that, you know, they might not be as big perceived as the, you know, the, say the top five or whatever, but with those, you know, smaller brands, even though they do a lot of business, um, they have so much more like flexibility with like how you can sort of set up your career with them. Like you're way more likely to align yourself with a product with a brand like Salty Crew than you are with a Quicksilver. Like, you're not going to be an 18-year-old kid walk in and get a signature board short. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, but with a, say, a smaller brand and maybe even a, you know, like a Need Essentials or a Project Blank or like anything like that, well, I, I love all those smaller brands because I think if, you know, you've got a lot of, you know, enthusiasm and you've got ideas and you work with a smaller team, like, I think they're great. But I, I've definitely thrown that name around a little bit and I haven't had... Um, you know, great responses, but I think maybe as kids get older and they get a bit more clued onto it, they will they will see that for sure. Or they just need to go fishing, I think. They need to go on the boat with Connor and then they'll get it. I know so many kids that go fishing here. I don't personally go fishing. I tried to go fishing the other afternoon and got absolute donuts. Um, but there's so many maniacs on the Gold Coast. Like, we have a pretty gnarly fishing scene here and, yeah, it's... um. I think the Gold Coast is pretty salty crew, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you guys have the world record holder, um, three-meter flatty, one powerfish. So, it is, like, <laughs> understand it's a big scene. Oh, we do, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do hold the record. Plenty of big lizards down here in the Tweed River. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, most surprising, I don't know. Like, they all seem really organic to me. Like, the one thing that does surprise me, though, is Red Bull. I didn't think they sponsored people if they'd prior had an energy drink sponsor. I always just thought it was a rule of theirs that they didn't sponsor. If you had any prior label, I just thought that they wouldn't look at you. So yeah, I'm stoked for Robbo. And uh, yeah, I hope the Griffin deal comes together. I, I heard Red Bull's fax machine might be broken, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's Austrian, I think is the problem. There's It's the energy crisis in Europe with it. It doesn't have enough juice to uh, send the fax over to Wasserman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I'm sure they're waiting there with a pen. They've uh, inked the quill, and uh, I don't think they'd take any time to put it on, put the pen on paper. But yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think Red Bull would be an awesome brand to be a part of. So any 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 time they're trying to chase you down, I think that you know, any surfer or athlete in the world would be open ears. Yeah, yeah. Well, Robbo, he's jumping over from Mountain Dew, and then Griff. Once the fax machine gets going, he's from Monster. So. It's interesting. And I want to ask you, you said before that you think it's a good time to be negotiating a deal. I just still don't understand that. I mean, what I get that John and Gabe didn't surf last year. And so 
the world just kind of seems different. You don't really seem like you're up against them necessarily, even though they might both be back healthy in like three weeks from now when pipe starts. But I mean, what if you go to negotiate a deal right now, won't brand just be like, Hey, I have $3. Uh, I don't know what you want. No, it's grim out there. I, I don't have a lot of money to throw around in the position that I'm in, but you've seen deals get done. Like obviously Griffin came across that wouldn't have been cheap. Um, it then created room for Ethan Ewing at Billabong. You know, there's no way that Ethan then just sits there and goes, oh, well, I'm just going to take the same as what I was on before. You know, like all of a sudden there's this golden path to Ethan being the, the best guy and biggest name on the team. Um, he's a clever kid. He knows that, you know. So I'm not saying that anyone can just walk off the street and sign the mega deal, but for the mega stars, I still think there's money out there for sure. Mm, mm. You know, that's a really good point. Well, we might touch on this later, but... As of right now, Ethan is second in the Stab Surfer of the Year poll. And to your point, it's unlikely that he'd be there if we had a healthy John Gabriel for a full year. It's just likely that those guys would have been doing things that uh, drew everybody's attention. So that is, yeah, they lose their, their biggest guy. And then they he says, hey, like, look, everybody else thinks I had a great year. I have it almost proven right now. It's like as verified as you can get. It's a good point, actually. I like it. Yeah, it's it's cool. I, I do think Ethan sits in this very strong position of being a surfer's surfer. Like, everybody's favorite. Ethan, if he's not first, he's second. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did not get a new sticker. He kept his old one, but uh, this probably had something to do with it. So, good job, Ethan. I don't think it was that. It wasn't, it wasn't that straightforward from what I'm led to believe. But, yes, he did keep the same sticker. Ah, what are you meant to believe? I meant to believe anything's possible. I mean, Salty Crew could have been sniffing around for all we know. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I did hear the rumors too. I did hear that there was some potential for him to move over. And a lot came from this Griffin to Quicksilver deal, especially when this Red Bull thing goes through. Um, Red Bull wants people in their hats. Italo Ferreira is an exception to that. He got signed a deal through Red Bull Brazil, who that's not as huge of a deal for them. But when it comes from the headquarters in Austria, they want hats. Uh, that's been a no-go for Billabong. And so that could have been instrumental in Griffin leaving there. And it's all interesting, too, because how about that new rule where people can't wear hats on the podium? How do you think? Do you think that matters? Do you think people just do it anyway and cop the fine? Like, what do you think is going to go on with that? Oh, geez. Can we do a separate podcast? <laughs> we um, might need to. Very interesting. Very interesting one. Um, I think that that rule has actually been in place for longer than what people are led to believe. On one part, I think it's fair that unless you, the brand that you represent supports the tour, you don't really get a look in. I, I think that's fair. Like the surf brands should be supporting the tour. The tour should be supporting the surf brands. And if not, like, you know, maybe there isn't room for you to chuck on like a whatever hat because like you're just piggybacking all of their hard work. But then there's obviously the flip side to that, which I also see. And that's that these athletes need money. And as much money as there is in surfing, it isn't actually, you know, it's not F1 where they're chucking Pirelli hats on because Pirelli's throwing like God knows how many billions at it. It's just, we're not on that level. So I don't know if, you know, the organization can push that hard, but geez, we'll have to see how the year plays out because, you know, Quicksilver, for instance, they don't sponsor a world tour event this year. Yeah. I've noticed. They sponsored, they, they sponsored Jaws. It's a massive event on the calendar. 
So is that okay? I, I don't know. Um, so, you know, and Quicksilver obviously been a massive long-term supporter of professional surfing from the bottom all the way to the top, events, athletes, and parties and every other whatever like they're, they're clearly a surf brand <laughs> so they're, they're not going to go anywhere and i don't think that you know when an opportunity comes up in years to come like our president said every time like yeah we want to sponsor world tour events and it just didn't happen this year but you know i don't know does that rule us out like is griff well griff will probably wear you know an energy drink hat whatever that may be but i, I don't know like can he not even wear a quicksilver shirt around the event site like where do you draw the line mm, mm. and i do think I do think you're right that this rule has been around in some form for a while. Like, I remember WA one year, didn't Jordy win and just wear a Red Bull hat on the podium and it was, like, at a moment where it was, like, really tense between the two and just, like, fuck it, find me. Like, <laughs> I'm making good coin. Mm. I remember that. I think I was at that yeah. one. And um, it was it was a subtle thing, but if you knew what was going on, it was just like, oh, I mean, you know, Jordy, he's, he can be quite candid and quite cheeky and... Yeah, it was just rolled right out with that hat on and Oh yeah, I mean if the fine the fine would have been less than the bonus, so Geordie's yeah, like you said, he's very clever and candid. He would have he would have balanced the book straight away and gone, you know what, that's worth it. Just give me that hat, give me that can, I'm gonna smash it over my head, you know. It's just you know, I think that's where I can see the other side of it too. The athletes are gonna get paid. You're not in the game forever. You know, you're earning capacity very much like every other high performance sport. It's like, you know, 18 to 26 that's that's your sort of realm right where you, you go really really hard and you, you go as hard as you can and try and set yourself up for life so you know i i yeah this is a really tricky one i can definitely see both sides of the coin but i don't think surfing's ufc or f1 we're, we're certainly not doing those sort of numbers so yeah we'll have to wait and see mm, we've actually got a piece coming obviously most surfers make all their money not all but the good chunk of the money comes from sponsorship deals but we have a deep dive into wsl pay um prize money coming right mm. before the season which is interesting to see how it's evolved over time and how much these people really make so that's coming soon and uh for now that's sponsor talk that's sticker talk thanks days The Pickup, presented by Vans, episode three. Live from the North Shore, semi-live, shot in location. We have the North Shore news, and we have some segments which introduce you some interesting people, show you some interesting boards, and take you behind the scenes of the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing. A little update there. So far, some of the best surfing has come from Zoe McDougall, who got a pretty good backdoor wave. She got 500 for the clip of the week in the first week. Emai DeVault, same thing, Haliva, he got a really good one there. But as it stands, as we record this, our current leader is Kuyo Young. Kuyo is on the stab payroll. He is... In the house. Yes. Oh, I love that. Our little tagline is, we like to surf, and Kuyo's out there proving it. Um, he is... Just a hard kombucha fanatic. Uh, he spent some time working out of the Oceanside office and the the flying embers there. He really just would do a number on them. I'm not sure if anybody explained to him that there was alcohol in there. Uh, really knows his way around a good plate lunch too. And so it's all working out for him. He is currently the Vans Triple Crown Surfing leader. And um, he's also working on this show. So just a shout out for Quio. Let's just uh, round of applause. Yeah, like, can we have 
any say in like when this thing wraps up because probably has to end at you know midnight tonight and um call it a day and there we have our champ that's that's rad we can work with vans on that but if if they say no which they might i don't want to get anybody hopes up they might this is going to go until the 23rd and as a reminder the competitors need to get two waves of pipe two waves of Haliva, two waves at sunset one has to be on an alternative board and your winner after six waves will be the vans triple crown of surfing champion and like i said we've got episodes of the pickup dropping which um this one features a little news segment with nathan fletcher as a guest who is always i think every time that man opens his mouth it it doesn't he's so impressive because i've worked with him at a few of the stab highs and he doesn't seem to have to think before he speaks and yet whatever comes out of his mouth is still just insightful it's almost like when he's not thinking before he speaks it's just it's just i think he's seen so much and experienced so much that he could just open his mouth and what what happens what his brain just produces is very insightful and incredible and usually just very to the point and so he is a guest on the news segment this week we've got an evan mock profile we've got a pretty touching segment of noah dean riding aboard his dad shaped which had been just lurking on the north shore dug up you know the classic underneath the the garage thing and then we've got kuio the triple crown leader Testing a one-board quiver at all three waves. Interesting, but I back it. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, that Danny segment, that's a, that's a cracker. Yeah, yeah, touching one. Obviously, Noah Dean's dad, Wayne Dean, was a very, very, very well-respected shaper. Great surfer, too, but kind of a Gold Coast icon. And um, seeing Noah on a board his dad shaped, it's, it's really cool. It's an awesome thing, especially with Noah, who you, you usually see just... Um, kind of partying and he's still himself no matter what he's himself but seeing him do something a little bit more wholesome is is really cool um another thing that happened on the north shore this week the eddie almost ran um i recently got a dog named eddie within days the eddie was called on coincidence i think not i was uh in part responsible for that it's called off eventually my dog is still here terrorizing my house still called eddie but the Eddie did not run. However, Surfon has been testing this thing with Red Bull called 20 Foot Plus. And it's kind of been this interesting thing because the WSL Big Wave World Tour kind of fell apart. All they have is that Quicksilver Jaws event, which is paddle. And when that thing runs, it'll be incredible. And then they have a Nazare Toe event, which is always just hilarious. I mean, they have just like mainstream Portuguese sponsors. I think like the government gets involved and then I think the lottery here, like the scratch off ticket or the Powerball thing, they sponsor it. They don't give a fuck. They don't care how the waves are. They just want the thing to run and just have it. They have budget and they just want it to happen. So that's probably the funniest event in surfing to me. And then the Jaws thing, I mean, that was a version of that event was when we saw that Twiggy wave, I think it was 2018. Like when that thing goes, it produces some of the most mind blowing surfing we've seen. Anyway, Surfon has been trying this thing with Red Bull, the 20 foot plus. We talked about it, it was a little bit vague, but they finally put it to use yesterday at Waimea Bay. And it was interesting. It was pretty much just like a few hours of a live stream of people surfing big waves. Um, one thing I want to call out is this live stream got 99k views and you know they can keep tacking up as uh time goes on do you know the wsl finals in 2022 got right now on the wsl youtube english version 
Um, like eight point three billion or something. Eight point three billion. <laughs> no, actually, two hundred and seventy six k. So ninety nine k on that big wave one. Two hundred and seventy six k. And obviously, WSL feeds things everywhere. It's on, you know, mainstream sports networks. It's there's a Brazilian version or a Portuguese version. Sorry, but it's, you know, pretty much it's Brazilian Portuguese being spoken and all that. That's a pretty big number, Stace. What do you think about that? Ninety nine k. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually got in a pretty heated argument the other day, and I I was I was pitching that Jaws rivals Trestles. Uh, I didn't have any hard data to back that up, but I do know there is a massive audience out there for big wave, basically carnage, uh, and and the odd incredible ride, which is obviously what you get at Jaws. You know, you get the Twiggy stuff, which is just like out of this world, and then you've got the Twiggy stuff on the other hand of him just getting absolutely steamrolled um and weirdly enough I I don't know if it's surely it's not more relatable to people but like surely that like all this mayhem style of kind of viewership you know thirsty for blood and guts that they just love it I think it's showing with this number like obviously 99k compared to two, and again the WSL one they did say 8.3 8.8 million a number which they stuck by by the way and I asked them on that I pressed them and said hey is this like just the number of are they counting social media plays into this I asked essentially like if you post a Steph's winning wave and say okay this got 800k views on Instagram and a million point two on Facebook. Are you are you roping that in? Um, they said no. They said that was just views of the live stream and replays of the live stream. But they stuck by that. That over eight over eight million views on that stream. Really interesting. I I don't know how to really dig any deeper than just getting an official response from you know, the WSL press person. But that's what they told me. So 99k. That's interesting. I do think like big waves. It's the weirdest segment of surfing right now because I really do think, unless you're Nathan Florence or Cole Rothman and you're like kind of doing it that way and having your own YouTube channel essentially being your own brand, um, it's really hard to make money. And yet it is this thing that gets so much attention. Like, I would have thought if you told me that this thing got 5,000 views, I would have been like, yeah. Of course, like it was a, a, a thing of like a day that wasn't even Eddie worthy at YMA Bay. 100K for that, that's like, it, it just shows that there's opportunity there and there is just this kind of chaos in the space where there, there's no real sponsorship dollars, there's hardly any contests, and um, it is like obviously people die. We had a death last week in Azure, so it's um, really just a, a weird time for big wave surfing. I mean, th- they might not have the sponsorship for the events, but like a lot of the guys get, you know, big names they seem to be fairly well supported if you look at nathan and, and koa like got plenty of stickers on their boards and plenty of good support um i know there's plenty of hell men that have no stickers on their board but there's also plenty of high performance surfers that have no stickers on their board too and i think that that's just the cruel reality of the world sometimes but i you know it's not like there's no money in it there's just no events mm, mm. and i guess you do have like again with the energy drinks you have people like lucas shumbo and kyle lenny who Red Bull is just like, yeah, this is great. Keep doing what you do. Mm. We love it, you know? So mm. I guess there is that side of it. Yeah, but... and like even like back in the day, like Ian Walsh too, like he, Red Bull up the nose and, so yeah, just done, you know, Ian Walsh is probably one of the most well-rounded surfers ever. 
um, and you know, but pre- predominantly like put his focus into Jaws, and yeah, it's um. It's an interesting one because I just have such a hard time relating with it. Like, well, I feel like what all those guys are doing, like Billy Kemper got away at Jaws yesterday, that is just so unbelievable. Couldn't imagine being anywhere near that, let alone trying to catch it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think that's why, like, anytime we publish articles about it, I always think it's really interesting and people don't seem to care that much. Um, and I do think it's probably just a, stems from the fact that it's just unrelatable for people who actually surf. Whereas people who don't surf, it is like the most compelling thing. Unrelatable, but compelling. And um, that's that was a big wave tangent. Anyway, go watch the pickup. By the time you hear this, it'll be live. And uh, Kuio, we love you. Keep doing your thing. However many hard kombuchas, plate lunches it takes, just put it on the stab tab. Keep that leaderboard. Make us proud. Watch Supernatural Surfing from Italo, Adriano, the Pupos, Cruz Dinafina, and Rob Kelly in a pool twice the size of Waco. Stace, 2015, the world first saw footage of Kelly's pool. 2018, we saw that Seth Money's backflip in Waco. It was last year, 2022, that we first saw footage of these new perfect swell pools. But is, is that right up there with you in terms of like the jarring factor? I mean... Kelly stopped the world, Seth stopped the world, and when I first saw the footage of this pool with the double air section, I it just was a next level. Is, did you feel that way, or am I exaggerating? I felt that way. I felt so enthused and pumped up by it that I couldn't actually get across um, what I wanted to say to a friend of mine who's in the wave pool world as a, as a job, and I was like, hey, is this the first time we've ever seen this? And he's like, no, it's Waco. And I was like, yeah, no, I know it's the same technology as Waco, but, like, Evan Gosman just did two 10-point airs on one wave. Like, and Eric was on the other side doing a backflip. Like, what is going on? But I couldn't get that into words um, it, at the time. I was just so mind-blown. It is it is nuts. And my next question is, like, when are we doing Stab High there, and can I please come? I don't want to... Let's just say there's talks happening. Um, how could there not be, right? Like, how... This clip is 10 minutes long. I list all the names, and like you said, there's just two 10-point errors on a wave. Sometimes it's the same surfer. Sometimes somebody does an error, and they don't quite make it around the section, so somebody else goes and doesn't. It's like, it's the best kind of the best quality of airs you can see like Cruz is doing crazy flip things Italo is just going 10 feet high doing Superman's doing every air in the books um I love one stab commenter called out Miguel Pupo's backhand turns which I thought was so sick <laughs> I saw that too yeah six minutes 30 yeah just keeping it real like gotta love a couple backhand whips tight in the pocket you know I back it there are <laughs> clips of like there's I think the best one for me is like Italo just does this like I don't even know how many feet you say it is, alley-oop, over the section, and then an error versus, like like you said, two 10-point errors. Like, hands down, it is as as high, as good as you can go in a wave pool, and it's just two on a wave. And this guy's just like, ah, oh, Miggy's backhand turns. Like, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, a worthy comment, but Mac, Miggy, six-dial, great backhand. Um, yeah. Tell you what, though, Sammy Pupo, he's looking gnarly. Oh, real, I know. Real strong. He really is. He really is. This I've... is like steroids for surfers, really. Like, Italo didn't need to get any better at doing big airs. 
And he he is. Like, he's doing big, clean, like, slow-rotating alley-oops. And everyone else, for that matter, like, Samuel Pupo's already had so much variety in the air. And he's just adding even more tricks into his, you know, arsenal now. It's, you know, if you've got access to one of those pools, you it's such a massive advantage for your development. It's incredible how good they are. So for the rest of us, for everybody who's not Italo or Sammy Pupo, this, the pool we're talking about, it's the perfect swell. That's a technology by American Wave Machines. And it is the same stuff that's at Waco, but this is what happens when you have, I guess when you have a pool that's twice the size, you just get double the air sections. Um, this pool is in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And in the coming months, basically they're working on finishing the hotel now. And so if you go stay at the hotel, you can surf this thing. Otherwise it's private. They're selling real estate all around the thing. And apparently that shit sold out like in a heartbeat. The private wave pool model, which this falls into is apparently thriving in Brazil. I think most of the pools so far that are nearly open are that model. Gabriel Medina, I think is building one that might not be, but we don't know too much about that at the moment. And yeah, this thing is insane. One thing I love about it too is that, especially with it, like with that kind of history of wave pool things, like the Kelly one was famously announced right after Adriano had won his world title. Like everybody, that should have been the moment that everybody was talking about. And then all of a sudden, boom, uh, here's the craziest wave pool that anybody had seen. So I love that Adriano's involved here. Fucking good for him. I actually thought that too. I saw Adriano packing some pits and I was like, get it, ADS, that a boy. Yeah, big old double grab too. Fuck yeah. Love it. We love it. Um, and we'll see how we go. Because yeah, we Stab does do an air contest. We've done it in the ocean. We've done it in pools. And when we see a pool like this, we've got to get on the phone. So we will keep you posted. The Samsung World Junior Championships. We will be covering this as things get more heated, there's only been a round or two so far as we're talking, but especially as we have champions, we will be covering this on the stab site. Still, Stace, I want to pick your brain about this. So what we have here, it's under 20. You have to be under 20 to compete. They've got the best 24 young men, the best 24 young women, and the winners here, they go straight to the Challenger Series. So it is really a pathway for these young kids to kind of bypass what could be a few just annoying years on the QS. Who are the favorites? I'd have to think, like, before I saw the wave, I, I would have said, because uh, I actually knew nothing about Seaside Reef. I I'd never been down that far. Uh, so before I saw the wave... Have you ever seen a Rob Machado clip? Have you ever seen Rob Machado surfing? I never knew that that was there. I, I thought that it was that other wave that um, Ryan Birch surfs, or is that the same wave? Seaside, no, it's it's right down the stretch, and it is really where you see most Machado stuff. But still, Machado is known to, uh, he's he's of that area. Yes. You'll see him at either. Okay, well, look, lefts with that degree of slope in them, or, or any real left, I, I don't pay a hell of a lot of attention to. So, forgive me. Um, mm, you are forgiven. Yes, um, Rob Machado and barrels of pipelines probably more what I think of. Uh, however, I was pretty hyped on like Eli Hanneman. Um, young kid from Australia, Joel Vaughan. But now that I've seen the wave, it it's, looks really hard to surf on your back end. I'll, I will say that, except Al Cleland Jr. doesn't seem to be having a hard time. Um, I've been loving the look of um, Cowley Fast from Tahiti. Like he, he just looks like he's got it all. He's like super strong. He can do airs. He can 
do frontside calves, which I think sometimes on your backhand that's real hard to do. Like without a real breaking lip to hit, it, it's kind of hard to make a wave like that look super well put together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it all goes down, but heaps of good names in here. Like the draw is psycho. Like Levi Slauson, that's his home break. He did that psycho air at Rockies just the other week. Um, Brody Sale, he was really good on the Challenger Series this year. So, yeah, a couple of youngsters that have already had some experience on the Challenger Series and then a couple of new faces. It's sick. I love the World Juniors. Mm, mm. And then on the women's side, Aaron Brooks, Sierra Kerr, Alyssa Spencer. There are some big names there too. I, I, I would love to see Aaron and Sierra in heat against one another. I mean, they're both so competitive, and I know they both watch each other closely. And that does seem like uh, maybe it could be a rivalry. Although there's so many good young females right now, it's hard to say who's going to be a rival of who. They're all just kind of insanely good and I'm sure watching each other. So it's um, it's all happening, Stace. Pretty crazy. Like a lot of those um, you know, young women have had CT experience already um, in, in, that are in this draw. So it's um, you know the level of the, of the women's obviously so high. We talk about it a lot and... You'd have to go with the local there, Alyssa Spencer. She's um, spent spent more time there than anyone, so see see how she goes. There, uh, as we speak, up to the round of sixteen, but I reckon they're going to finish that in the next two days, so it should all be done. Yeah, yeah. Well, according to what we've been hearing about California, they will have to ride nine O's to get it. These uh, children will be riding their their nine foot. Um, you know, maybe they'll go with some local shapers. You could see some Rusties out there, perhaps some Gary Lindens, um, and that's really exciting. It's good to see them, as we talked about. There's so much opportunity in the big wave world, so good for them for um, setting themselves up for a, for a real longevity in their career. But I want to ask you, when Gabriel wins the title at 20, Kelly won at 20 as well, Steph won at 19, is this, how much does this matter? I mean, I remember thinking this was the biggest deal in the world um, when I was a kid, but that's probably because I was a kid being a competitive surfer like how how big is this event in your mind when it's under 20s and you have surfers winning titles at 20 i think it's massive like from a brand perspective i'm paying really close attention to it and then as a kid same as you like growing up and having your friends doing it or getting knocked first round into pro junior and realizing that you'll never go to um the world juniors it's massive like the way they structure the event it's exactly the same as the ct you know, um, and they really are trying to qualify these kids to be ready for the world tour. So I, I think it's huge. I think a massive miss for the WSL um, was when they lowered the age bracket to 18 and under. Now they've moved it to 20 and under, and I think it, I think it's great. And you're seeing like a crazy depth of talent here. Like someone like Al Cleveland Jr. is a great example. Um, he's competitively like starting to find his feet. He obviously had that talent, but giving him a few extra years to sort of figure himself out by doing these juniors it's only going to make him better once he actually qualifies if he can do it so yeah i think it's great i think these events are sick and i definitely pay super close attention to them um it is it's a good reminder of how young some of these people are too like al cleland if you watch him surf especially in saturn you're like oh this kid's like probably mid 20 the way he surfs his comfort in big waves you're like Mm. You wouldn't think he's under 20. You just think there's no way, you know, and he is. He's still mm. a kid. Like, mm. even him, Kobe Vass is still in that age bracket. Uh, Eli Hanneman, these these are all yep. these kids that you've, like, heard about 
that you might think like mm. they're you might forget how young they are even taro Watanabe, it's like a good reminder that hey like these kids are young and they're coming so it is a good reminder of how much uh up-and-coming talent there really is mm. another reminder is that gabriel medina won a world junior title the year before he won a world title mm. well one thing on that note didn't I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that Adriano was competing in these after he'd qualified for the CT, which I thought, I think he may have even won a world junior title after being a CT competitor. I thought that was the coolest move ever because usually it's like you, uh, usually you are using it as a stepping stone, whereas he was just like, nah, fuck it, I'm still going to just go smoke these kids to show them I'm better. I thought that was cool. Katie Simmers isn't in it. Um, I think she would be in that conversation of like easy champ, not easy champion, but like very, very much a favorite for it. Um, bummed to not see her there. Obviously, I get it, but uh, I always thought it was funny when somebody who'd already like taken that next step still came back and just showed everybody in their weight class, like, "Hey, I still got you. Come see me on tour one day." Gabriel Medina totally did that. He qualified 2012 at the halfway mark, won two events, two events then didn't have the greatest year in 2013 and the world junior titles were in Brazil and I reckon he totally saw that as a, I'm going to get some confidence here and wipe the floor with all these kids and he did and then come in one snapper and obviously we know how it all went from there I think the surfers like what you say they answer that question for us like how valuable are they they're so valuable and it's surprising me that Katie Simmons isn't doing the event just given its location like she lives just down the road just right? down the street yeah yeah but i think it's huge like you know you look at the past winners list and being a world junior champion it's a pretty good indicator of where you're at yeah yeah and we will keep you posted on the site we'll let you know who wins we'll let you know on the podcast next week and um guess what whoever wins you'll be seeing them at snapper in just a few months on the cs so stay tuned <laughs> Stab Surfer of the Year. As you listen to this, we will be five installments in, and the leaderboard is really taking shape. Um, not to spoil it, but many people are having a hard time getting around Steph and Felipe. They won the world titles. They both had great years, obviously. What Steph did, like, how can you not pick that? Um, we talked about it before, but Ethan Ewing currently in second. That. I'd say it's a surprise. It's one that I wouldn't have guessed, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense. It's great to see Balaram in the top 10, but there is still some ways to go. Stay tuned. We have... Fuck, I don't know if it's 8 or 10. Let me just get around that. Stay tuned. We have more of these coming. We're going to hear from some of the biggest names in surfing to round it out, and within, I believe, two weeks, we will have our champions. Another one of the winners right now, or leaders right now, is Kale Walsh for Edit of the Year with Idiot Box. And let's hear why Kale thinks he shouldn't win. Let's hear his pick for Edit of the Year, because guess what? He doesn't choose himself. I was going to do Ralstie. <laughs> there you go. What do you like about, uh, about that one? Oh, just because it was just a fast-paced, thrashy, sick edit that got me revved up to go surfing. Cool. What about film? Uh, I didn't know, just because obviously the same reasons I said before, it's just an impactful film that's going to 
you know, that's going to last a couple of years and people are going to go back and watch that for, you know, for ages, forever yeah. probably. Ah, Kale, well, uh, insightful comments there, but I'm not sure if the if the crowd will be with you on that pick. Now, it's almost time for a surf sim, but before we get there, I want to talk about what's next. I mentioned it last week. We are just finalizing episode five of How Servers Get Paid. One kind of newsy one, an important one to look out for, is a deep dive into the death, but mostly life, of Marcio Friere. Um, he is the surfer who died at Nazare last week, and his death has been covered pretty widely. We are compiling a story that just gets all the facts right on what exactly went down, and mostly what this piece is going to be about is about his life. Um, he was an incredible person. There's a, I think my favorite thing that we've pulled up so far is there's a quote from Albie Lair, because Marcio spent a lot of time at Jaws and was one of the earliest people to paddle there and really be the mad dog that he was. And there's a quote from Albie Lair saying, I don't understand how all these kids with cool haircuts get paid while Marcio uh, doesn't. Uh, so he was incredibly well-respected in the big wave world, and we really want to give him the O that he deserved. He had two spreads throughout his life in Surfer Magazine. Both went unidentified. So it's really time to um, give this guy the, the love he deserves, and that's coming soon. Now, surf sin. Stace, we talked about this briefly off air. It's an immediate Hall of Famer. Um, this, we talk about categories on here. This is not, this does not fall into a category. It is just, let's hear it. Hall of Fame. Let's get there. Yeah, yeah, boys. I've been sitting on a little surf and I got to get off my chest. So the background here is, is that I grew up surfing in LA, uh, where, you know, the surf culture and the wave quality are both generally pretty low there's a lot of burning and snaking but you know some spots have their crew guys that hold it down and uh you gotta you know put in your months and years to get anything but scraps and earn some respect and some spots you know don't really have a crew at all and it's just free for all beginner and whatever so when i went to university in rhode island i was kind of ready for the same thing you have some spots that are held down you have some spots where it's a free-for-all and so one day i'm feeling super grumpy i you know i'm a biochemistry student i feel grumpy a lot and feeling super grumpy and I just want to go for a surf just to wash off, you know, the angst and, uh, the waves suck. It's totally garbage. It's like late fall. So it's cold, but there's no hurricane. And so basically only the beginner, you know, mush burger, sand bottom spot has a wave at all. And it's like, you know, one to two foot. It's not anything special. And there's a couple beginners out. So I pull up to the beach with my stump. I'm, you know, just grumping out, changing it in my wetsuit and as I'm changing and kind of, you know, checking the waves and trying to figure out which peak I'm going to try and sit on, I see this fucking middle-aged beer belly dude who's out and he's got a front track pad on his little high-performance shortboard at the, you know, beginner mush burger spot on a one-foot day. And every single wave, he's just popping up, pumping like a fucking Huntington Hop maniac and then trying to do an air. And some waves, he's getting a couple inches above the lip and then coming back down and you know landing i don't know if you could really call it an air and some waves he's just fucking pumping and just trying to launch like an idiot and just looks ridiculous and looks like he's trying so hard and is so fired up on his own you know shitty surfing ability not that i could do an air but i mean seriously fuck this guy and so on principle i just paddled straight out on my stump and my grumpy ass fucking mood and just burned him just blatant looked right at him burned him 
uh, you know, totally ruined the wave for him. It was one of the better ones that had come through that day. I did a little off the lip, whatever on my stump. And, uh, after the wave, he looks at me and he's fucking livid. And, uh, he's like, what the fuck? And I, I'm kind of like, oh, sorry. Totally knowing that I was in the wrong. And, uh, you know, he kind of paddled away after hearing my weak sorry and went along our days. And I honestly had a chuckle and kind of cheered right up. And, uh, yeah. And I just, I don't know if it's a sin to burn this guy on principle because obviously burning is bad. This is a beginner spot. And he's going out and trying to do airs with a front traction pad. It's like Jesus Christ. So, anyway, give me a penance, boys. I got to heal. Oh my god. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> you know, you ever have like a friend or something who they just find like a like a partner, like somebody in life or like a job or just something that makes so much sense for them? Like you might not know much about this part of the United States. Rhode Island is the smallest state in the union. It's fucking tiny. It's a sliver. It's pretty much engulfed by this state called Massachusetts, which the people from there are called massholes. This region is known for just the grumpiest people. And so this guy being born and raised in like sunny, nice <laughs> LA, he really like him going to Rhode Island, which is pretty rare. Like usually people, there's not much of that happening, especially Rhode Island. He really just did it right. I mean, this grumpy biochemist, he did not belong in Los Angeles. I hope he stayed in Rhode Island because he is amongst his people there. A bunch of fucking grouches. I've spent some time there. I love you all. I'm a grouch too. I'm from New Jersey. We're not that much different. But you're a bunch of grumpy assholes up there. And this guy is contributing to the, the tapestry of your society. Wow, man. That's just like, what do you got in it, Stace? I am completely back him. I, I don't even know if there's a sin here. Like I, <laughs> I had a few trains of thought on this one. I actually had to consult the internet for help. Uh, I, I just got to read out, um, you know, where I kind of think he's at and where, can, where we can maybe, or you know, help. Just some guidance, maybe some acceptance, maybe not. Like maybe just don't even accept these things and he doesn't need to change because it's just fucking just just too much like it'd be better just to be who he is which is just so authentic and just pissed off I, uh, great 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 sin one train of thought is why am I so bitter and resentful of other people's successes and you know what it's it's a, it's a deep one um, and I don't know if there's any of that going on here, but what it made me think was, he's obviously a clever clever guy. He obviously has a lot of brains, and I'm thinking front deck grip air lord is just sort of pretty happy-go-lucky, maybe like a Labrador dog that's just wagging his tail, and this guy's just like a fucking pit bull, staffy, angry as fuck. No brains, no headache is kind of what comes to my mind here. How can you get in on that program like he's so happy this other guy doing what he's doing and it's just pissing old mate off so much um is that a crime i don't, I, I still am not you know the other thing that comes to my mind is like this guy must be so worried about the state of the world if he's like applying so much of his time to it and this other guy with front deck grip trying to air one foot marsh on the learner section he obviously isn't paying so much attention to like the world around him because that's there's a lot of crime happening there. I fuck it. The sins with the other guy. I'm done. No, I'm done. 
<laughs> oh my god. I mean, I've I think I've said on this podcast before, if you don't hate someone else in the water, you just end up hating yourself. <laughs> and when you do something like when you when you do the front grip and you're trying airs every single wave in one foot, like you're making yourself a target for that hatred. It's like I think that's why it's cliched, but like that's why the the white surfboard black wetsuit thing works. It's like especially if you're going out in lineups that people get pretty angry. It's like make yourself less of a target. The more you stray from that, I hate to say it, but the more you stray from it, it's like the more of a target you become for all these other assholes in the water who are the rest of us who are every other person and so i get it i mean i think we've all done this to an extent um i think <laughs> making up these rivalries it's it's good it like it just attention deciding that he has to burn him though like it's one thing to like <sighs> use this guy to make you like try to surf better like see him finally almost do there and be like okay i'm gonna push harder on my next wave but like to just <laughs> to just see him and immediately think like i have to fucking burn this guy um especially in just like in these like rhode island waves which can get really good they have some crazy setups up that way but i do think there's a sin here um and i'm gonna be honest i've i've never got along with front grip but i there's probably been sessions where i try airs every single wave i just like doing airs, especially in small waves i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do i'm gonna get enough speed to like lightly change directions or like i'm gonna be able to pop a little bit i think a pop feels way better um and so there's definitely been surfs especially when i was younger i try airs every single wave and so again it's like right on the brink it's so funny that and it's it's so relatable that it's not too severe of a sin even though on paper if if you didn't know surfing you'd be like what is wrong with these people these people are all just uh mangled in the head my penance is he's just got to try airs every single wave for three sessions straight um He's just got to do it. I don't. You don't need to put a front grip on your board. We've had a sin talking about how a guy thinks they ruin his surfboards and he gets them every time. So you don't have to do that. Just try airs every single wave. It's great. Thank you for the sin. It is a Hall of Famer and um, good luck on your healing journey. Yeah. I, I, now that I've got some time to kind of cool my jets a little bit, I think that there is definitely a sin here. It has more to do with the awareness piece of knowing that lineups are regulated. And this guy is obviously a lifelong surfer because he kind of detailed that like LA stretch, which has, you know, all the way from your home break of Palos Verdes up to, um, you know, Santa Monica, like varying degrees of like people surf there or people don't. And you, you know, you're going to go and sit next to Dane Zorn at Manhattan Beach or you're going to go and get your car smashed into around the corner. Like he gets that there's that hierarchy. So what I think as penance he needs to do is like paddle out a spot that's like sort of five out of ten loke dog and pretend like he's a a loke dog and and do his best to sort of just get through that session you know kind of paddling to the peak and taking off on the set waves and um you know just um hopefully put himself in a position of like vulnerability and you know just try to maybe turn into that happy-go-lucky, you know, Huntington Hop character, but I'm not too sure that that's a great thing either. Yeah. Well, I 
I like it. I like the penance, but I really do hope he stayed amongst the the very mean people of the Northeast. I hope he goes to Dunkin' Donuts regularly. I hope he gets gift cards for Christmas. I he belonged there. If you left, you should go back and uh, thank you for the great sin. Wow. Okay. Welcome to the Surf Sin Hall of Fame, Cole. Nice work. Thank you for making us laugh. And I gotta say, I looked him up. Um, it does seem like he's still on the East Coast. Uh, from what I can see, he's in New York, so I hope he still makes it up there to Rhode Island and gets mean with people. I hope he still has Dunkin' Donuts. Anyway, thank you all for listening. That's all we got for you. And uh, submit your surf sins, try to top coals, and we'll set you off on your healing journey. Have a good one.